With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the On the Sideline podcast with Jackson and Kyle. I am Jackson and I'm joined here as always by a man who desperately misses football. Kyle, Kyle, how are you doing? Uh, Doing pretty good. Uh, This is also day three without basketball, so that's been a little tough. There's just nothing, you Mm -hmm. know, this is a little bit of a downer week, but we're back. Uh, Did you watch any XFL? (laughs) A little bit. I'm actually, uh, Kyle, I'm going to an XFL game this weekend. Uh oh, who's let's playing? Go. Orlando Guardians. Let's go. Is that their name, the Guardians? I believe so. <laughs> so my, my friend said you want to go to a Guardians game, and I was like, baseball, baseball season's not on now. Uh, okay, no, okay, I, I see. Uh, that's our XFL team. Yeah, sure. Yeah, well, that should be exciting. Yeah, I uh, have. I I heard about San Antonio's thing. I heard they did well. Didn't watch any of it. I've actually mm-hmm. started already my uh, college football prep for next year, so that's been fun. Nice. I, I've I've watched a little bit more of a college tape. Not too much though. Uh, it's, it's got you know trying to trying to get ahead on some videos so maybe I, I can then get, take a deep dive into the college film. Yeah, um, I don't know. College football is always a blast. Mm-hmm. Give me college football year round over whatever this stuff is. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm totally in favor of let's start college football uh, in February. Yeah, unfortunately, it never happened, but I think that'd be ideal. Yeah, I'm like, sure, like for like for schooling reasons, it doesn't make any sense. But like, I don't know, who cares? It's it, it, we're all just pretending like uh, they're there for school, anyways. Yeah, exactly. Just make it happen. Yeah, come on, uh, Kyle. We have an interesting show. Uh, we have a special guest potentially will be on the show as my cat has. So I I know no one cares about this and never wants to get into the film, but this is or the football. But so my cat has uh, decided that the chair that I sit on for my work is now a shared chair. And legitimately, if I get up to go to the bathroom, my cat will hop on this chair uh, and try to take a nap. Uh, now he is on my footrest I have right in front of my chair. Uh, and he usually does not like being in the room when I podcast. So there's a chance I'll have to get up at some point to let my cat out of the room. Uh, basically, my cat is ruining my life, Kyle. Well, 
I thought it'd be something else, but that that's okay. We, we'll see the cat. It's fine. Yeah, I like, you're just going to spring someone on me to show up. Yeah. Oh my god, Derek Carr is here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> be sweet. I'd be all for uh-huh. it. Yeah, no, uh, sorry. No, no, don't get too excited, uh, everyone. Uh, you know, uh, maybe next week. Uh, maybe, you know. So let's just start saying that. Maybe next week Derek Carr will be on. It'll be like the Jimmy Kimmel bit with Matt Damon. Um, yeah, you know. exactly. Sorry we didn't have time. Derek Carr could not make the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, perfect. That's exactly what we'll do. Uh, a lot to talk about to what we're going to do today. So it's an off-season podcast, uh, as you can tell by the way that we're you know over five minutes in, and I've still said basically nothing about football. Uh, we're going. We have the three main topics we're going to talk about. There's been a couple coaching hires since we last uh, had an opportunity to speak. You know, we had some, uh, you know, the Super Bowl stuff kind of took it off. Uh, there, but also uh, we're going to do the qu- quarterback carousel. So here's how it's going to work: is I'm going to give my predictions for where well, you know which quarterback is going where, and then Kyle will react to that. Also, Kyle has a way too early uh, stock watch about specific teams. Uh, where do you want to start, Kyle? You want to start with that the way too early stock watch? I mean, we can start with my bit first. Yeah, sure. Let's do it. Um, so basically, the the you know everyone has the way too early power rankings you know, as soon as the season ends, it's who's going to be the best teams next season. These are my teams to watch for next season. That could, I think, have some definition to the NFL season. I tried to go a little bit more deep cut with these. Like, look, if I don't bring up your team, we know Kansas City, Buffalo, Cincinnati are probably going to be pretty good next year. Watch out for Kansas City next year. Uh, Keep your eye on them. Yeah, we know, uh, you know, Dallas is going to be good, but not great. They're going to have a bad playoff loss. San Francisco is going to be good. And, you know, we know those teams are going to be good. I want to do the next level. Who are the teams that could potentially leap into that conversation, challenge one of these teams at the top level, make things interesting for the NFL season next year? That was my goal with this one. So I have five teams to keep an eye on for next season. Do um, you want me to go one through five or, I don't, you know, how do you want to do this? Sure. Yeah. I'll count down five for one. I'm not, not sure if we put them, put them in any particular order. Also, I meant to mention uh, at the beginning of the show, this will be our typical time from now on. Once a week, Wednesdays, that's when we t- tend to be doing this. Uh, so just, uh, you know, when you, if you want to know when to watch out for us, that's when we'll be doing it. But yeah, anyways, uh, yeah. Uh, how, however you see fit, Kyle, this is, you're, you're the showrunner here. Okay. Let's throw in my number one team to watch for next season. Let's just start hot. Okay. okay. I like it. This Don't is, bury the lead. Yeah. This is my team i'm most interested in this offseason potentially into training camp Don't, keep in mind this is way too early a lot can happen between now and the beginning of the season my number one team is america's team the oh. lions the fighting dan campbell oh the, the real america's team yeah this is going to be an interesting season for the detroit lions the big thing i thought the early offseason talk for the lions i thought was really important is that they kept ben johnson i think ben johnson is going to be one hell of a head coach and I think he's a really good play caller. I think he's on par with, you know, he doesn't have the tenure of an Andy Reid or Kyle Shanahan even, but I think he's up in that. I think he's up in that conversation, honestly, as one of the best play callers in the league. I thought he did a tremendous job with this team last offseason. They have a little bit of cap space and they have a little bit of wiggle room. So I'm going to see real quick. Can I share my screen here? Uh, I'm not sure how to do that. We should talk about this before uh, we went live. No, it's okay. Uh, I don't want to mess with this, so that's fine. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, I think we so tried I, that I, once, and then the whole show got shut down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, I pulled up. You know, Spot Track has a little like be a GM mode sort of thing, um, which isn't perfect, but at the same time, it's a little bit of something to go off of. The Detroit Lions, you know, 
they have about $15 million in cap space, which cap space and everything. I think teams get, we get a little cap happy about teams in the off season, but they have about $15 million in cap space. They can restructure Jared Goff to bring him down to about $20 million. They can cut Romeo Okwara, save about $7 million. And they can cut Michael Brockers to save $10 million. So that opens up a lot of cap space. Sure. And like there, so there's a couple teams that have talked about like, well, they got to re- revamp their defense a little bit, but I'm not too worried about this team. I was looking at it and I'm not as worried as I thought I was going to be about the Detroit Lions defense next year, because, you know, you can, you can still, you know, re-sign Jamal Williams and DJ Chark. And I just did the uh, spot track, you know, player value estimator thing which once again, isn't perfect, but it's something to go off of. Sure. I resigned them to, you know, team, you know, their friendly contracts, Jamal Williams, $4.1 million. It seems like a pretty good deal. DJ Chark at $9 million. That seems like a pretty good deal too. And then, I mean, they have two first round picks this year, which maybe they could use one as a trade chip, but the very obvious spots for the Detroit Lions for me this year are corner and linebacker. I think those are the very immediate upgrades. I thought they're pretty good on the defensive line. And I think, especially with Aiden Hutchinson potentially taking a lead, I think they're, you know, very good with some young safeties back there. So if they make those moves, and if you go by, once again, I even did a little bit higher. Uh, if you go by Spot Tribe's value estimator, Levante David and Jamel Dean kind of fit nicely. Okay. Well, we don't have to go there, do we? Yeah. But, you know, that fits kind of nicely in the uh you know Detroit Lions cap space that uh, you know if they make those two signings at Jamel Dean at about 16 million dollars Levante David at about 10 million dollars it fits very nicely into their salary cap they have about 5 million space of wiggle room from there now i'm not saying they're not going to hit a home run i mean it would be amazing if they got Levante David and Jamel Dean cuz those are two perfect fits i think for the Detroit Lions system that fits nicely into their defense they're plug and play guys ready to go i don't but- know amazing's the word i would use I mean, they're, you know, that would be a best case scenario for Detroit. It'd be amazing so. for them. No, I, I'm, yes. I'm joking. Yeah. I know. Obviously, it, you know, messes up Tampa a little bit more, but they got their uh-huh. own salary cap issues they got to work out before bringing those guys back. That's all of a sudden the situation where are we talking about Detroit Lions winning the NFC North, favorites in the NFC North? Are we talking about them challenging some of these teams in the NFC? You know, that becomes an interesting conversation for Detroit this offseason. I like it. I like the take. I have a couple pushbacks, and maybe uh, we'll just do this where I'll, I'll play devil's advocate. But I think there's a couple concerns I have. Uh, well, I, I I don't disagree that you know it's kind of nice to have one glaring weakness where that's kind of you know you have the positions you have to improve upon. Uh, you know, 32nd ranked coverage unit last year according to PFF. The the corners were an issue. You're right that m- maybe you have Jeff Akuda let him be the number two corner, let Jamel Dean be the number one. I do like that. Uh, you know, but there's still, there's a question mark there. And, you know, how often have we seen a team pay big money on a corner that feels like they should be a can't miss guy and then it doesn't work out? I mean, just look at JC Jackson last year. Part of that was injuries, but still my other concern is the Jared Goff thing. And I think that's maybe where we should start is Jared Goff seems like they're going to keep him. That's what all signs are pointing towards Uh spoiler alert for the quarterback carousel. Uh, seems like that's what they want to do. And if that is what they do here, you're now paying, you know, sure you could restructure, but you still have to pay it, you know, down the road. Uh, you know, currently uh, he's set to have a cap hit of $30 million for the next uh, two seasons. So, um, you know, I was feeling like all along they were going to cut him after this season. He's currently, uh, you know, only has $10 million guaranteed. Maybe they say, hey, we're going to cut you unless you take a $10 million discount, something like that, that I would like, but 
you know, we talk all the time about how it's not typically great business to pay, you know, good quarterbacks, great quarterback money. I'm not even sure if I would consider Goff a tier two quarterback at this point and paying him 30 million a year. It's not the worst contract in the world, but it's a little, it's, it is difficult to, could they be a playoff team? Sure. Uh, I'm expecting them to be a playoff team, but what is their ceiling is kind of my concern. Yeah. The big thing is he played well last year. He played very well last sure. year, given the circumstance. And I just think, you know, I look at it like if you're going to look at a quarterback, if you if you're going to pay a tier three quarterback money, like, is this the best scenario you have? This is sort of the the San Francisco thing when it came to Jimmy Garoppolo and how they did it. They had an mm-hmm. elite play caller. They had a elite offensive line and they had skill position guys. Detroit right now has in my mind an elite play caller even if you know i don't know if he's as good as kyle shannon i think he's an elite play caller though they have an elite offensive line and you know what swift and williams are a really nice back tandem uh mm-hmm. i ross st brown i think is a stud jameson williams if he wasn't hurt last season was my number one wide receiver he's healthy this season that all kind of comes together it's like okay is this kind of the situation where you can get away with having that tier three quarterback because he's in maybe one of the most quarterback friendly offenses in the league with everything around them. Sure. It's it's I, I could see it. Uh, I, I could see it. But again, the question is going to be, you're going to have to play San Francisco or Philadelphia as it stands right now. Who knows what's going to happen? Uh, you know, by, you know, a year from now, we might be looking at it like what happened to Philadelphia? How'd they only win four games? We've, we've seen this happen all the time, but as it stands right now, you're gonna have to beat a team like Philadelphia at the very least who has, all of those same things, but also isn't paying their quarterback thirty million. Yeah, so I do think if but you wanted to, they deserve, yeah. they belong on this list. I agree. I think there's a I think there's a flyer you could put down on them. Say I think this team could win the NFC North. Sure. Whether they're winning the NFC, that's a whole nother conversation. But mm-hmm. as soon as they win the NFC North, though, they, all they have to do is get to that spot, and then anything's possible in the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. I, I love this team's floor, and I, I love this team's yeah. potential. The only concern I have is their ceiling. Right. And, I mean, it it wouldn't be crazy to say, you know, let's go ahead and let's go ahead and go all in and get a quarterback too, you know. Let's, I mean, they could save twenty million dollars right there, twenty one million dollars basically cutting Jared Goff. Don't let Lions fans let you hear let you say that. Hear you uh, don't let, don't let Lions fans hear you say that, Kyle. Listen, I just laid out an entire reason why I think they could be good with Jared Goff next year. Mm-hmm. Potentially very good with Jared Goff next year. I think this could be a San Francisco-esque kind of team. Obviously, the defense is way behind San Francisco's, but I, you know, there's a scenario where if they hit on a couple free agents, uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be Dean or David. Uh, Tampa fans don't get too mad. But right. it could be a situation where they hit on a couple free agents, they rebuild this defense quickly, and they still have this offense, which I think is really good, and the ceiling's very, very good. Um, but at the same time, you know, there are some big name quarterbacks that are being talked about floated around as potentially wanting out of their situations or, you know, exploring new opportunities, AKA Lamar Jackson, you know, mm-hmm. if, if a Lamar Jackson's on the table, you know, as much as you like Jared Goff and as much as I thought he was good last season, I'm taking Lamar Jackson over Jared Goff nine times out of 10, you know, that's just the, that's just the nature of the business. So I think there's there's multiple avenues that I think Detroit can be successful next season, whether it's upgrading golf and saying, you know what, we have a little bit cap space, cap maneuverability. Let's do that to upgrade quarterback or build around golf and still have a very good offense and make that defense a lot better, too. 
Yeah, I was in chat. Uh, Roger to Detroit confirmed. Yeah, that, that would be good. That would be a lot of fun. Uh, you know, do the Brett Favre thing, but with a different uh, team. Yeah, no, I like it. Uh, yeah, uh, no, uh, I could see it happening. Uh, do you want to move on to number two? Yeah, let's do number two here. Everyone's talking about the New York Jets are a quarterback away. Everyone's mm-hmm. saying the New York Jets are a quarterback away. Let's get a quarterback in New York. Let's make it happen. Let's ride with this thing. Everyone's talking about. Tua Tagovailoa being healthy, Miami's going to be good. All that speed, everything worked out just fine for Tua. Um, I, I'm saying this right now. I think the Patriots are going to finish second in the AFC East next season. All right. I just think they're going to. They have draft capital. They have cap space. They have even more cap maneuverability, like letting go Trent Brown, who wasn't, you know, they had the worst tackle play in the league, along with the worst offensive play caller last, se- play caller last season. All of that's going to change. They bring in a real offensive coordinator. I wasn't, you know, Bill O'Brien wasn't my first choice as offensive coordinator, but anything is going to be an upgrade to what was in the Patriots organization last year. Offense is going to be tremendously better. Um, They're going to add new offensive tackles. I think, you know, they have the cap space to go get a Mike McGlinchey if they wanted to go get a Mike McGlinchey and pay him top dollars a right tackle. They can go draft a left tackle. You know, they'd be a very Patriots move to draft a left tackle in the first round. You know, stuff like that. They have, you know, opportunities to go get a number one receiver, whether it's a T. Higgins, DeAndre Hopkins, that kind of thing. They have the draft capital to make a trade for something like that. And I just think the offense is going to be better because it's a real play caller. And I think Mac Jones is going to have a bounce back season. And not to mention, it's still Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Give me the Patriots the second in the AFC East right now. Playoff team. Uh, that's that's how I'm feeling about the Patriots this offseason. Love the take. Love it. Uh, big fan of it. I'm sure that, you know, uh, we'll do once again, once it comes to our predictions, we'll both be predicting the Patriots to make the playoffs again. Uh, you know, uh, definitely a fan of it. Here's my concerns uh, about this one, Kyle. First, you're saying, well, you know, they hate. Maybe they could uh, they have the ability to go out and get DeAndre Hopkins. Kyle, do you really believe that this Patriots team would even consider that? I mean... They've done it before, and, you know, when when Bill O'Brien took over the offensive coordinator spot last season, it was the introduction of Gronk and Hernandez. They mm-hmm. each had huge years in O'Brien's first year as offensive coordinator. You know, this has been a team that, when it feels like it's needed to make a big move, has made sort of big moves, you know, going back to the, the Moss and Wes Welker offseason. You know, they've gone out and got guys when it's been a desperate situation, I wouldn't, you know, I don't think they're going to trade first round pick for DeAndre Hopkins. That's just not mm-hmm. what they do for business. Right. But if there's a if there's a conditional third round pick that moves up to a second or something like that for Hopkins, you know, plus player going back, something like that. I don't know exactly how it would work, but I do see a scenario where they go after a top dollar guy. Okay. I mean, it's just it's it's not something I, I get the Randy Moss thing, but what didn't they give up like a, a third and a fifth for Randy Moss or something? Like yeah. you know, that, that that was not a ton of they've never made a an a, even an AJ Brown type trade before. No, they they're not gonna pay top dollar for a guy. They're gonna wait for someone who's way, you know, cheaper than that, which you know there, I think there's gonna be an opportunity to get a receiver at cheap this year. I just do. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out this offseason. But it's a, uh, you know, I think there's there's an opportunity to get a, you know, a talented wide receiver, either through the draft or through free agency or through trade. Oh, this is a great point, too. Reg, uh, Reggie's saying, ain't no way D-Hop is going back to him. Yeah, DeAndre Hopkins is not going. Uh, he is not going to be play for Bill O'Brien again, Kyle. Hey, man. 
They haven't been the same since they separated from each other. Maybe the the way to fix this is just come back together. No, probably not. But I, I think they could get somebody. I think Hopkins has kind of been the same. Has, hasn't been on the field, but when he's been on the field, he's been about the same. Yeah, that's true. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I mean, uh, listen, uh, there's things to like. Another thing, though, I'm looking up the top uh, you know, on the PFF uh, free agent tracker, which is a great site, uh, highly recommend. Uh, very, very easy to use, very fun. Look up top wide receivers available. Uh, number one, Jacoby Myers, who, uh, you know, I'm thinking maybe the Detroit Lions should sign personally, Kyle. I mean, he might, he, he kind of fits if they, you know, they don't necessarily have to bring back Chark. He would be a nice, you know, sort of addition to Amon Ra and Jamison Williams because they have speed. They can go get kind of a possession guy. That makes sense too. But, um, you know, Myers is very good, but, it, you know, if they let Myers go and got an upgrade, I wouldn't be overly upset. Okay. okay. I'm, I'm just saying uh, we do this every year of the, the Patriots. Or not every year, but a lot of times we fuck. Like, okay, here's the year they're going to go all in. And then they say, here's Nelson Aguilar, and you're going to like it. Well, it'd be just kind of silly at this point not to. You still got your quarterback on a rookie deal. You might as well try. You got to see everything you can out of Mac Jones. Well, let's use that as the transition for the other thing of Mac Jones, great rookie season, great college career. We were all fans of him coming out of uh, college. And if you were a doubter, then you you were won over after his rookie season. Year two didn't go so well. There's a report, which I never know how true these reports are, but there is a report that potentially uh, they don't see a massive difference between Bailey Zappi and Mac Jones, uh, which is, you know, hey, maybe get rid of Mac Jones. Uh, go with the go with Zappi. And uh, get some value that way. I don't know, uh, but you know, we always talk about the, the first question is what? Who's your quarterback? And there's a question mark there right now. There is a question mark, but I I am willing to give him another chance with the scheme change. You know, this was a. I mean, sure. there was a there was a whole Boston Herald piece about how everything went terribly wrong from the beginning last season. From the I don't know if we needed a piece from that. I think we just if you watch the games, you could tell. Yeah, but it was even worse when you read the piece. Like, gotcha. you know, teams, not enough plays, not enough, you know, information. No one knew what, really what they were doing. I mean, it was a complete disaster. So I think, you know, I think I'm willing to give them a chance. And you know what? They're both going to compete for the job this offseason. They're mm -hmm. both going to get a chance to compete for it. And the most important thing about it is they're both cheap. They're both rookie contract quarterbacks. So, you know, if one starts over the other, it's not really that big of a deal. Yeah, I could see it. I just, I don't know. It feels like uh, I, I'm, I'm. I, I used to say I'm not betting against Bill Belichick, and in some areas I still agree, but not in every area. And it just there's question marks. I could, I see the upside. I see the potential, but I think you could say that with a lot of different teams. Is my only concern. Yeah, it's fair. It's it's, it's going to be a tough division too. But sure, I think there's a chance, you know, the Jets have talked about, you know, the Jets have been connected to every quarterback under the sun this offseason. Mm -hmm. There's a chance the Jets strike out on everybody, like sure. legitimately strike out on everyone. Mm -hmm. You know, we the the Dolphins offense looked a lot different when Teron Armstead was hurt, too. Teron Armstead is not, a you know, someone who's exactly a bet for a clean bill of health next season. And so um, Tua, obviously. Yeah, Tua, too, obviously, with his concussion issues. So there's a question, you know, do they even pick up Tua's fifth-year option with those concussion issues? You know, there's a lot of questions, I think, with Miami, too. I just wouldn't be surprised if, you know, New England all of a sudden is revamping things, and all of a sudden next season they're a lot better. All right. Well, maybe we could talk about it in more detail on a future podcast. Kyle, why don't you get into uh, number three? All right. This one, not necessarily like a contender or anything like that, but somebody has to win the NFC South. Somebody has to win the NFC South. 
We're all, uh-huh. you know, the, the Buccaneers and the Saints have the, you know, are the furthest over the cap of any teams in the NFL by over the <laughs> cap metrics. I think everyone's kind of like saying Carolina's the trendy team, which is fair. They had some really kind of, you know, gut punch losses last season. They got a new coaching staff. Everything's new and shiny, so everyone wants to pick that. But I'm going in another direction here. Give me the Atlanta Falcons as a potential NFC South winning team. Because I'm just looking at this roster. You know, we talked about coverage year to year is sort of fluky. Mm -hmm. I didn't think Casey Hayward and AJ Terrell really ended the season on high notes last season. I still think those are good football players. I think they're going to be better next season. And so I think that's going to kind of raise the floor a little bit of this defense to where, you know what? You got some good corners. I think that's the most important part. You got a pretty nice interior defensive line with Graham and Grady Jarrett. You know, go and get an edge rusher potentially. And I think that defense can, it's not going to be great, but I think it could be respectable at least. And then I think this offense is going to be solid. I really do. I think this offensive line is very good. Uh, they're going to, they got to pay Caleb McGarry, but I don't see that really being a problem. They're going to pay Caleb McGarry. I think Tyler Algier and Corderell Patterson's a pretty nice back duo. I think Kyle Pitts is going to do for a balance back season, which I think his season was kind of overblown anyway. He graded out still pretty well. Uh, Drake London had a really nice rookie season. Um, and so the question for the Falcons is the quarterback spot, you know, can the quarterback be enough? We didn't really see a whole lot out of Desmond Ritter, but at the same time, like there's a chance Ritter gets better or, you know, another thing I was looking at, there's a, there's been a lot of revampment in the, I don't even know if that's a right word, but you know, you're good. Just keep going. A, there's been a lot of talk about, there's been a lot of changes in Tennessee, right? Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of changes in Tennessee in terms of the front office, coaching personnel, all that kind of stuff. There's been a lot of scuttlebutt about a potential Ryan Tannehill cut because it saves them also, similar to Goff, it saves them about $20 million to cut Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill's career re- year was in an Arthur Smith offense sure. with a big possession receiver in a good running game. Doesn't it make a lot of sense if he's cut all of a sudden to just plug him back into Atlanta and say, you know what? We're not going to be a great team, but we have a pretty competent quarterback who's not going to turn the ball over a whole lot. We got a couple good pass catchers that are young and talented. We got a pretty good running game and a good offensive line. Let's just roll with that and say, you know what, this is going to work. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, uh, I'm totally in on 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 all of it. I think that the division helps. I think that uh, you know, all of that makes sense. Again, the one question, of course, is just the 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 quarterback of it all. And uh, Kyle, true or false? The the, be- the team that wins the NFC South next year will be the team that gets the best quarterback in free agency. Um, I'll say true. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. there's been Derek Carr talk to, you know, a couple of these teams. There's, like I said, I think Tannehill, if he is cut, makes a lot of sense. There's a couple other guys out there. I just think the question is, is like, who is actually available that's moving the needle this offseason? We know Carr- Derek Carr is 100% available. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, like, we think Aaron Rodgers might be available, but I'll be honest, we don't know. We're going to do the whole quarterback carousel thing later, so I don't want to you know, step on the toes of that too much. But mm-hmm. who is going to be available to really upgrade teams, I think, is the real question. Yeah. The other thing, too, uh, you know, my, my kind of final thoughts on this is it's it, it's all the quarterback stuff. Does Atlanta draft a quarterback? They, they pick eighth overall. They could potentially trade up. Uh, with a team like, you know, I don't know, maybe Arizona or something uh, to try to get a quarterback early. Or maybe to just take one of the guys, uh, you know, like if a Will Le- Levis or a uh, Anthony Richardson falls, 
do they uh you know did they draft them at eight potentially so uh, you know it just I don't know what they're going to do there and if if, if yeah. they end up drafting a guy this team isn't going to be good next year but I can see the there's upside here yeah they have options you know they have options so I For think sure. that's something to look at and you know I just think you know there's been a lot of Panthers talk about potentially when you know just stepping in and winning that division I don't know if it's necessarily guaranteed the Panthers are going to be good next season honestly sure. I think there's some I, nice me- pieces yeah I, I, I would still put them a little bit above. I mean, part of it is last year they were, I mean, they legitimately had the division one. They were up 11 points in the fourth quarter against Tampa Bay. They just hold on and they, they win the division. Basically they almost certainly would have won the division. So I, I, I get why they kind of get, but again, if either one of these teams get Derek Carr, they're easily number one for the division. Yeah, I think so too. Mm-hmm. So. All right. Uh, next up on the, you got two left. Uh, let's do number four on the West. All right. Um, Listen, I have a question. Is Mike Tomlin still the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers? Uh, I believe so, yes. Okay. Give me the Steelers here as potentially, you know, finishing second in that AFC North and maybe being a kind of frisky wildcard team. This was a this was a team that I thought got a lot better by the end of the season. They struggled, I thought, early on. Um, the offensive line isn't great, but you know what? When you have a mobile quarterback, you don't need an awesome offensive line. You just don't. And I think Kenny Pickett showed he's very mobile. He can run. He can move. Mm-hmm. That's a, definitely a bonus in his game. I think he's a solid quarterback. I think he could be pretty good. Now, he's not awesome, but he's cheap, and that's a big thing. And so they have some cheap options. They have a cheap option at quarterback that can also you know, get away with a bad offensive line because he is mobile. I think the one question we've always had with the Pittsburgh Steelers offense has been, well, who's their number one guy? Who's their go-to? Give me all the George Pickens stock right now. I okay. think George Pickens can turn into a star. I think we saw enough out of him, enough glimpses to where this guy's going to be a stud. And all of a sudden, if George Pickens makes a leap into stud territory, you have Pickens, Fryermuth, Johnson. That's a pretty nice receiving core. And it's, you know, I still have concerns at the cornerback spot. They're going to have to really address corner this offseason. Um, but, you know, they have, you know, they're just under the cap, but they can cut a bunch of guys like I was looking at it. They can cut miles Jack. They can cut William Jackson. That opens up a ton of gap space there. Both those guys think they can cut Mitch Trubisky too. So it's just like, you can cut those guys open up cap space. I just refuse to believe that there's ever going to be a situation where Pittsburgh is really bad at defense. I think they can be kind of bad at defense still, but you know what? They still have Minka Fitzpatrick. They still have high Smith, who I think is a nice player. TJ Watts going to be healthy and Cameron Hayward's going to be healthy too. I think that's going to be at least a, you know, solid and respectable defense, even if they got to add linebackers and corners. I think it can get a little bit better, and I think the offense is going to be better too. So give me the Steelers as potentially second in the AFC North and, you know, maybe challenging Cincinnati a little bit more than we think. Yeah, I like it. I mean, again, it's funny. I, I went back at the draft order, figuring out where they drafted, and I'm like, oh, yeah, it's 17th because this team won nine games last year. It does <laughs> not feel like this is a 9-1 team. But, yeah, they were right there. Uh, you know, it's it's crazy to think that they found a way to do that. Uh, I'm with you. I think the Steelers, they, they find a way to be successful. Uh, like you said, uh, Mike Tomlin, I think we're all huge fans of. And, you know, 
they just I guess the one question I think is could we see a like a sophomore slump but that doesn't really happen with quarterbacks uh, out of Kenny Pickett there's this isn't a perfect roster but it's kind of like like you said I trust this team to mostly figure it out and you hope that with TJ Watt being healthy for a whole year that could you know get them a little better than they were last year and, and they could find ways to to steal games they shouldn't win I could easily see this being a you know like you said uh maybe a potential wild card team yeah and we, we, you know, we talked about the, uh, you know, you mentioned the 17th pick and we like to speculate and have some fun on this show for sure. We saw some of the stock of, you know, Jalen Ramsey, first of all, is not getting cut. He's not getting cut. Zero percent chance he gets cut. I'm right. just going to say that now. I'll report that right here. Um, but doesn't the 17th pick for Jalen Ramsey feel like a very Steelers move? And don't you kind of like that move? I would love that move from the Steelers' perspective. Absolutely, I I don't get why there's even talk about the Steelers or the Rams potentially trading Jalen Ramsey because I think that'd be crazy. But if they do, I mean, it wouldn't be the first time he's been traded. Uh, yeah, I think that that would, that would be come a, from a request. I think he says I don't want to be on a bad team. Gotcha. Really think, yeah, but yeah, I mean, so does do the Steelers count as that good team or not? I mean, I think it's a pretty good team, and you know, if you plug Jalen Ramsey into this defense with. Fitzpatrick with Hayward with Highsmith with Watt. I think that's a really good team all of a sudden. That's a very that's a dangerous defense. Sure. Yeah. I'm I'm also not sure exactly how the cap uh situation would work in that case. I know that they are currently uh one million uh over the cap, but there's there's ways you can uh finagle that as well. So uh yeah, I mean as a whole, completely agree. Uh, I think Steelers are a team to look out for. Yeah. So I just think that's an uh, that's gonna be a fun team in the AFC. I'm buying I'm buying a lot of George Pickens stock. Like I said, I think he could be a star and I'm buying a little bit of Kenny Pickett stock. Like I don't, I don't think he's ever going to, you know, be a top five guy, but I don't, you know, is there a, I wouldn't be shocked if Kenny Pickett's a top 10 quarterback one day on the fringes, at least in that Dak Prescott zone. Like I just wouldn't be surprised if he's in that spot. Mobility is a huge advantage in the modern NFL. And I think he showed a lot of that. And I think he throws a pretty good ball, even though there's not a ton of arm strength. Yeah, and I'm a little bit higher on him than I think you are as well. So, uh, but yeah, yeah uh, again, always comes down to the quarterback. But Kyle, f- finally, number five on the list. Uh, where are you going? All right, the only playoff team I had on the list. Now you said playoff team. That's not really fair. Well, they finished nine and eight. I can do it. This is the most obvious pick. I feel like. Uh, give me the Jacksonville Jaguars. They have okay. some cap issues to work out, but it's another one that I think there's some maneuverability here. Like. Shaq Griffin seems like a very obvious cut candidate. Uh, you hope Darius Williams plays better in year two. Tyson Campbell looked like he's more than ready to take on the number one cornerback spot. That feels like a pretty easy decision there. There's a couple other guys I think they can cut and move around too. And I just think with that combined with, you know, the offensive line I think is one question, but at the same time, like, I think Brandon Scherf's going to be better next season. Like, I just don't think he's going to be really bad, you know, bad two years in a row. I think that gets better. You can bring back Evan Ingram in that spot. Then all of a sudden you have, if you bring back Evan Ingram, you, you know, keep Cal, you know, you got Calvin Ridley, you got Christian Kirk. That's, that's a fun offense. That's a really, that's a really fun offense potentially for next season. And a lot of this also comes down to a Trevor Lawrence leap. You know, if Trevor Lawrence leaps into the conversation where I think if you view Jacksonville taking the leap into a contender status, you might as well just throw MVP. You, you might as well just throw an MVP bet down on Trevor Lawrence right now, because that's basically mm-hmm. what you're banking on. And I think if you took at the ceiling, the best games of Trevor Lawrence last year, um, 
I think you could see an MVP type of season or, you know, close to a top five type of season from Trevor Lawrence next season. He's got to get rid of some of the lows. And sometimes that was even in the same game, you know, mm-hmm. AKA the chargers game, <laughs> you know, yeah. where it, I think that could be a real thing where Trevor Lawrence all of a sudden cements himself as one of those guys has good, has a good core around him on offense. The defense gets better. The Jaguars are rolling. Yeah. Well, Trevor Lawrence is interesting too. Cause you know, uh, you talk about the, I mean, again, I feel like every single time we bring someone up, I'm like, well, it all comes down to the quarterback. But in football, it oftentimes all comes down to the quarterback. Uh, and it, it, you're right. We're, I think I think it's possible Lawrence has gotten a bit overrated, Kyle. I do. I think because of the success that Jacksonville had this season, uh, he got a, a fifth-place MVP vote this year, which I think is yeah, like insane. Uh, like He was a good quarter. You know, PFF had him ranked 11th this year. That feels about right to me. Because, uh, like like you said, he had some very high highs. He had some low lows as well. And so this was good. The question, though, is can you go f- take the next step? Because some guys don't. Again, we're assuming Lawrence will do that. I think they, I think it's a safe bet to assume he'll take that next step. Uh, I think the question is just will it happen? And you, you bring up the, the Chargers game. Uh, also, you know, he basically won two playoff games playing poorly because they also be- beat the Titans, and he didn't have a good game in that one as well week 18 which was essentially a playoff game so uh, you know uh, they're, it's very exciting to watch the this Jacksonville team they're very fun but I think that you know one question that, that has to be mentioned is the Trayvon Walker thing right will mm-hmm. he we always talked about him as a project okay well this is year two like now you have to start producing a little bit uh and maybe he will and maybe that's how to I mean if Trayvon Walker turns into an elite edge rusher like this that's another way this team could take that jump right but it's just gonna come down to Young players playing better. Yeah, and it, there's a few guys. Like Rayshon Jenkins, I think, had the splash plays, but you really need to kind of you know get some consistency there. I think Devin Lloyd had some moments too, but I think he's going to mm-hmm. get better. Uh, linebackers usually take a year too. And, you know, I agree with the Walker stuff. I didn't think it was great, obviously. I don't think there's any denying that. But at the same time, like, if you just throw, like, a defensive line with Josh Allen and Arden Key – I think it's going to be a pretty good defensive line regardless. You sure. know, it's just it was about, good last year, even with Trayvon Walker wasting a bunch of snaps. Yeah. So, I mean, I still think it's going to be a pretty good defensive line. It's just, can it be great with Trayvon Walker? And that's, that's right. kind of the thing I'm looking at. And, you know, behind them, they got a really good, a really nice linebacking future with Ola Kuhn and uh, Lloyd. And I, th- I think there's something to get there. And yeah, I mean, obviously you don't want to whiff on the number one draft pick, mm-hmm. but I do think that there is some sort of cushion there to where they can kind of get away with it if Trayvon Walker is not what you want. Yeah, it is interesting how that has kind of worked out for them. Again, it's the value of the franchise quarterback, which they have. Uh, I agree. This is a team that it, they're on the short list, but I think sometimes we get too excited by the new thing is all my point is of like, I think some you, you know someone's going to pick the Jaguars to win the Super Bowl next year. I just kind of feel like, well, I like Trevor Lawrence. I'm still going to bet on like, you know, the Bills, Bengals, and Chiefs ahead of the Jaguars until I see it from Lawrence. Yeah. And basically, I mean, we saw the highs. That's the thing is we need to see, like, yeah. we if you go back to, like, that Vegas game, the first Tennessee game, those sort of moments, you're uh, going to be like, oh, the Baltimore. Lawrence, yeah, Trevor Lawrence is a star, right? Or even mm-hmm. just the second half of the Chargers game, which was, you know, probably the biggest game for him. Sure. Um, if you see those moments, you say, okay, well, this is just the progression of a young quarterback. He's going to continue to work out those mistakes. Mm-hmm. It's year two now in a new system because he had to change systems after only one year. So, like, you know, 
He went from the 32nd graded quarterback in 2021 to 11th in 2022. Would it be crazy to say all of a sudden he's like the sixth graded quarterback next season? I don't think it's insane to think that. No, it's not. He's on, currently on the right path, right? He absolutely yeah. is. He's on the right trajectory, but so is Marcus Mariota after year two. You know, it's just we yeah. have to we have to wait and see. Uh, but then yet again, so we're you know guys who turn on to be turn on to be superstars. So uh, it'll it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens. Uh, so yeah, any final thoughts on this? No, I think we covered it. Um, I think those are you know my five teams to watch. I think you know it should be pretty good. I'm looking at my notes here. Uh, but yeah, I think we just about covered everything I needed there. Yeah, uh, good job by you, Kyle. Well done. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yes. All right. Well, now let's move to the quarterback carousel. This is now my. This was the homework I had to do for this ep- this uh, episode. I have gone through Kyle. A lot of teams I could see going several different ways. I have actually fifteen teams, and I didn't even include it. I didn't even include the Titans, which I probably could have. So uh, I guess you could argue. I mean, half the league we don't know where they're going with quarterbacks. Now some of these I'm still keeping with the same quarterback. But it's more so, it's just, what I'm doing is my predictions, but then we can also talk about some of these in more detail. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, co- this has sort of become, the the quarterback conversation in the offseason has almost become NBA-esque, right? Like, uh-huh. that was the, you know, the NBA be turned into a 365-day sport because free agency became so interesting. I don't think all of the NFL has come like that, where it's not, you know, we're not watching the levante david sweepstakes every day and talking about it every day on first take but Mm -hmm. the quarterbacks have become a real conversation and basically since the brady moment i feel like it's become you know one of the main points of the offseason where are these guys getting moved yeah uh it's it's very fascinating i have to be honest though i think this might end up being a bit of a boring one i think i don't i I don't know how much are going to be i think there's a lot of hype i don't know how much hype is actually going to happen the one guy though that is you know i was trying to think of When's the last time someone like Derek Carr has become available? Because, uh, I mean, obviously Brady, but that was just such a unique case. I feel like that's not like that's a different thing. Uh, and kind of the last thing I think of was Kirk Cousins, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, where Co- Cousins. Uh, but I feel like the difference is I think Carr is more established now than Cousins was uh, when he was a free agent. Yeah, Cousins was still pre- I think he came off his rookie deal and Washington was basically like, yeah, we're good. Um, <laughs> I think they tagged wonder- him twice, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And I wonder... It would be interesting to see if like Washington at this point how they feel about that moment. Because they uh-huh. they haven't really solved the problem since he left. But at the same time, like, do you want to be on the, you know, Kirk Cousins 35 million a year watch? Like that's the one thing I was thinking about. Yeah. I actually thought they they solved the problem well with the Alex Smith thing, but then it just unfortunately Alex Smith had the Joe Theismann injury that year. Like they were I think people forget that they were they were six and three and in a playoff spot before the Alex Smith injury. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, it was unfortunate. Mm-hmm. But anyways, back to Derek Carr. I was thinking, what makes the most sense? Derek Carr, the sweepstakes, we'll start there. Kyle, I'm sorry to do this to you. I think the Jets are the team that ends up with Derek Carr here. I think that uh, I, I just, you know, he, he he met with them and apparently it went well. It feels like it makes so much sense for Derek Carr. The Jets, they want a quarterback and they want one now. They're willing to overpay for one, I think, to make it happen. I think Derek Carr would bring a lot of nice things to them. They're a team that would be a complete roster now. Uh, I have Derek Carr going to New York. There's a lot of logic to it. I think it makes some sense. Um I think we're jumping the gun a little bit on how complete that Jets offense is, even plugging mm-hmm. in a quarterback. Obviously, it helps a lot. But, like, you know, I didn't think Jets offensive line was really that awesome last season. 
and not to mention like it's betting on a Makai Becton healthy season, which I don't think we can sure. at this point in his career. Mm-hmm. Garrett Wilson's a really nice piece, but I still feels like we're kind of projecting on Elijah Moore. We don't really know what Tyler Tyler Conklin's fine. I think he's replaceable, and then like Corey Davis, I think is I think replaceable. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like, can they fill out the rest of that receiving room, pass catcher room, to help you know maximize? Because if you're bringing a guy like Derek Carr, you know. Like you said, you are kind of going all in. This is your move to try and maximize the talent around him. I think you need to get more talent around him too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I can see it. I think the idea is we have a good defense. You know, uh, Robert Sala will, will man the defense, and then Derek Carr. He's gonna be better than what the whatever the hell they had last year. So <laughs> yeah. get Derek Carr in there, and then hope that it works out. Uh, it's not a perfect solution, but it would. I think they e- easily be. Uh, most most people in that point would have them as a playoff team. I think I think they'd be probably the favorite to finish second in the AFC East with a Derek Carr level player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so as well. As for Derek Carr's former team, I'm uh, I'm going draft. I put Will Levis down because uh, that's where they're at. I think I think they draft someone here. Yeah, that makes sense. Like I I wouldn't be surprised if they bring it Stidham back and say, mm-hmm. you know what, Stidham's a guy who knows the system well. He's going to be able to help a young quarterback and. Maybe if they feel like, you know, Levis and Richardson are probably the guys they're looking at at that spot unless they're looking to trade up. And Levis and Richardson are viewed very much as project level quarterbacks. So it wouldn't, I don't think it'd be the worst thing in the world to say, you know what, let's give Jared Stenham a little bit of time here, get these guys up to speed, and maybe by midseason we make the switch. Yeah, it's just one of those things where they say Jared Stidham's our guy. Uh, he's our starter. And then after two games, everyone's like, why are you starting Jared Stidham? Start your rookie quarterback. Yeah, it's the Mitch Trubisky thing, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, I think that could that could happen. Another uh, sweepstakes, the Lamar Jackson sweepstakes, who every <laughs> quarterback hopeful, uh, you know, fan is, uh, you know, hoping that uh, will join sign with their team. I have already, uh, you know, uh, definitely looked at some. You know, I have considered putting him on my team just for the meme of it all. I do not think that happens. I think the Ravens keep Lamar some way or another. It'd be so stupid if they don't, right? Yeah. And like when have we seen a situation? Like, obviously, you know, Brady and the Patriots is something that comes to mind. But at the same mm-hmm. time, like, Brady was also, like, he's old now, but he was still old when the Patriots were ready to let him go. He's going to be 42 and coming off his, like, his worst season in, like, a decade. Yeah. Like, I think, you know, obviously it looks stupid in hindsight because they won the Super Bowl next year. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't think it was, like, the most controversial thing in the world outside of that he was basically the best player of all time, leaving the team he was with all that time, right? Uh You know, this would be unprecedented. It is a guy basically in his prime of his career who has won an MVP, and you're basically letting him walk. That feels like too much to – that feels like way too much of an ask. Yeah, I I guarantee that's never happened before. I guarantee there's never been – I haven't looked at it. There's no way someone has won an MVP under rookie deal at the quarterback position, and then, and not because of like a severe injury that derailed their career, uh, they go to another team. Like that just never happened. I think that they're going to keep him. I think that, you know, they have the threat of a franchise tag. Lamar could always say, Hey, I'm not going to play on a franchise tag, but still that threat will, I think a deal will get done. Yeah. They'll figure something out eventually. Um, the only thing I think about though is uh, sorry to cut you off. Like the only thing I think about is then why hasn't it happened? Like that, that's yeah. the only thing that I keep going back to is like, well, it, they, clearly this should happen. This should work. The only reason why I'm still like I still put them on the list is because like it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, I mean I think it's a very real question. Like I I am taking this seriously. Like I do think it's going to be a legitimate thing. Of does he leave? Does he you know do, does do they 
tag and trade him in the offseason. I do think that becomes a thing. I just think that cooler heads are eventually going to prevail, even if this is going to get testy as it already has. Yeah, it should be interesting uh, to see if that ends up going uh, the way we expect it to or not. Colts, I have the Colts. So I was thinking about this. I decided to not just say draft, but give a give a uh, team I or give a player, excuse me, to the team. For the Colts, I, I'm going Bryce, Bryce Young here. I think they trade up to number one. Uh, there's kind of debate of do the Texans do it, do the Colts do it to someone else. Uh, I kind of feel like the Colts, you know, I think about Andrew Luck, first overall, Peyton Manning, first overall. I think they want the first overall pick. I think they give up an extra first rounder or so to the Bears and get Bryce Young. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, I haven't really decided who I would have as my number one quarterback between the top, you know, Stroud and Young. Um, mm-hmm. I was, you know, I was pretty pro-team Bryce in the college season. I'm kind of going back and forth on it. Um, I see some of the appeal to Stroud, but yeah, I mean, whoever they decide to go with, I think makes a lot of sense trading up to number one and making it happen because, you know, they're going to have to pay a little bit to get above the Texans, but I don't think they're going to have to pay a fortune. Like where if you look at like a Raiders at number seven, they would have to pay a lot to jump up all the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, also, you know, just cause it's, it's right. It's with this, uh, for the Texans, I have going with CJ Stroud. I think there's two good quarterbacks. I think they're going to sit here and say, we'll get one of the two quarterbacks. Yeah, it would definitely be fun to see them trade up from number two to number one, right? Uh-huh. Say, we it, They would have to love somebody, obviously, but I think it wouldn't be surprised if they just say, you know what, pull in Oklahoma City say, we like Chet Holmgren, we're hoping Chet Holmgren's going to be there, we'll just wait and see who, you know, and we like Paolo Bancaro, whoever the Maddox decide to take, we'll take the second guy. I can see the Texans doing something similar. Yeah. Uh, another interesting report that came out this week was Daniel Jones reportedly is expecting $45 million <laughs> a year. Who would ever pay him that much? The New York Giants. That's who. I, I think that the Giants overpay Daniel Jones here. I think the fans want Jones back. I think it's a mistake to give him a ton of money. He's not going to get $45 million, but I think he's going to get closer than people realize to $45 million. Daniel Jones is going to get a good chunk of money here, uh, and I think the Giants do it. And if they do, I have to say, would this season – end up being the worst thing to ever happen to the Giants, potentially. Of They, they have this great year where they over-exceed expectations, then they go out and pay Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley a ton of money and end up not being good for like five years. Yeah. Well, my prediction my prediction for the Giants is they're going to pay one of the two, but not both. Okay, that makes sense. And I, I think there's a lot of logic to paying Jones and not Barkley, obviously just because of positional value. Um, but... You know, <laughs> do you pay a quarterback top dollar? That's Daniel Jones' question. I obviously would not, but mm-hmm. like, I guess the question for the Giants is who are you getting if you're not getting Daniel Jones? Because you made the playoffs, so you're not going to have an awesome draft pick. Mm-hmm. You know, what? what is the solution then if Daniel Jones is not your solution? And, you know, they may just look at the, you know, they may just look at it and say, you know, we, we can't find a better option, so let's just bring back Daniel Jones. I personally would franchise tag him. And so, yeah. you know, I know the franchise tag's a lot of money, but, like, just put it on the books for one year and then figure it out. That that mm. would be my, my solution. Because if he's good on the franchise tag, then you just pay him again. You know, if he's good again, then you just pay him. But if he's, you know, mediocre or bad, then, you know, you have an opportunity to move on. 
Yeah, especially if he's you know already looking in the ballpark of forty five million. Uh, a forty five million. For, you know, we talked about was well, is a one year forty five million dollar franchise tag worth it? Apparently, he's looking for like five years forty five million. So in that case, definitely don't don't stick yourself to the contract for for that uh for that long. I think uh is just how I view it. Um, yeah. Let's let's go to their division rival, the Washington Commanders. Uh, apparently they like Sam Howell. Like this is a thing now where the guy who they only let play one game, they're now like all in on that. I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't know what else they do. I wrote, they get bigger Mayfield as well, uh, which would be tough. Cause I'm not sure if you could visually tell those two apart. But other than that, uh, I think that, you know, it feels like Baker Mayfield is the prototypical guy you get when you don't love your current quarterback situation. So you add him as well. So at least then you don't have just one plan heading into the next season. Well, especially because they already did the Carson Wentz version of that. Uh-huh. Um, I could see them bring in a guy like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. This could be a Darnold team too, right? Sure. A Winston team. One of those guys. Yeah. But yeah just one of those guys. Yeah. I, you know, I I wouldn't be opposed to necessarily giving Sam Howell a chance. Why not? You know, mm-hmm. he's young. He's cheap. He's, you know, got a little bit of the pedigree and he's talented. You know, I don't know if he's going to be a starting level quarterback, but why not give him a shot? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There's worse options. I think I, I, I liked him out of college. I, you know, uh, for, you know, he was, he was the first pick in the fifth round. I don't know. I didn't like him falling that far. Uh, you know, I agree. Give him, give him a chance. Uh, it's not the worst thing in the world, but it's not the best option either. Yeah. I mean, if your expectation is Sam, how is going to lead you to the playoffs the next year? Obviously I don't, you know, how do you, or if your question is, how do we get to the playoffs next year? I'm not sure Sam, Howell's the solution, but if you say, let's see what this kid's got and, you know, we'll reevaluate next year if we have to. I don't think it's the worst option either. Yeah. Uh, the, the the 49ers, their team that, you know, I wouldn't hate Derek Carter to 49ers, Kyle. I think there's some logic there. Yeah. I think that could be fun. Uh, I'm saying they stick with Brock Purdy and Trey Lance, though. I kind of think Brock Purdy, uh, I believe the report is that he's going to be able to start the season if he wanted to. I kind of think they stick with Brock Purdy as a starter. I wouldn't. Be, I wouldn't be opposed to it. He played well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not necessarily, I'm not as convinced he's going to be ready to go by the start of the season. I know what reports are saying, but, mm-hmm. and then not to mention, like, are you ready to start him if he has no training camp? You know, sure. but mm-hmm. I do think the, the combination of Lance and party is going to be the answer going forward. I think. Yeah. And I feel the same way with uh, the Seahawks. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll throw all these teams in together. Seahawks and lions. I went with Seahawks. I think keep Gino and the lions. I think keep Jared Goff. Yeah, that makes sense. So there's one veteran quarterback that's on the market, seemingly, that we're not referring to right now. And that was San Francisco's former quarterback. Do you have a destination for him? I do. I do. I have the uh, one of the four NFC South teams that are on this list. Uh, Carolina Panthers, I have going after Jimmy G. I think they're the team. Part of me, the reason why I feel like they're the team that I think right now I would say is favored to win the division next year. I think they're a team that wants to win division, wants to win the division the most next year. I think yeah. the the Buccaneers and Saints kind of both realize what's going on. I think the Falcons as well. I think the Panthers are are like, let's go, let's win a division. Yeah, I think that's an owner who's pretty desperate to be relevant. Right. So I think it makes a lot of sense. And you know, Jimmy, Jimmy G is not the worst option out there, that's for sure. 
yeah. Uh, you know, again, I don't know what this team's that that team ceiling is at that point. But like I said, team that gets the best quarterback probably wins the division. I think they win the division in that case, which is yeah. you know that matters, right? I know we all we all like to say rings are or bust, but as a fan, you know, last year was more fun for me than the years where we sucked were. As a yeah. Bucks fan, how, how how do you like him in Frank Wright's scheme? I like it. I think that would I think it'd work. Yeah. I guess that makes sense. So, yeah, I think there's logic there. I think it works. They got some nice pieces. So why not go get a veteran like that? Yeah. Um. You know, uh, the rest of the NFC South, I kind of do another, Uh. you know, sort of mediocre quarterback carousel at this point. Uh, I decided to, I gave each of them a, a quarterback who's kind of in that. Like, I guess you could go with them. Uh, the Buccaneers, I went with Jacoby Brissett, uh, also slash Kyle Trask. I think he might he's going to get some playing time next year, I think. Saints, I'm sticking with Jameis, and then the Falcons, I want Teddy Bridgewater. You could interchange all of those. I think all three of those teams, and uh, I don't think, I think they all have a veteran on their roster, and I think they're all bad next year. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Um, <laughs> Brissett, I think, makes a lot of sense for Tampa Bay. That's a mm-hmm. nice spot. Um, like I said, the only one I mentioned, if Tennessee decides to kind of blow this thing up a little bit, I think Tannehill makes a ton of sense for Atlanta, given the, yeah. the history there. Uh, mm-hmm. and the personnel that that could be their move to kind of go for it yeah and, and you know even teddy bridgewater i don't think would be the worst case scenario in that spot yeah no not at all mm-hmm. um yeah that makes sense. one team left kyle the chicago bears who i put on the quarterback carousel because it's a narrative listen uh somehow i did not come up with this narrative kyle somehow there's this narrative that existed without me altogether of the should the bears trade justin fields uh thing i'm saying I don't think they should, and I also don't think that they will. I think they stick with Justin Fields, but, you know, uh, there's smoke there, so I put it on the list. There is smoke, so, yeah, it makes sense. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they bring in somebody else. Like, uh, well, you know, you mentioned a Brissette for potentially one of those starting NFC South jobs. You mm-hmm. know, I think Brissette as a backup here makes some sense, too. Sure. But I think it, Justin Fields is going to be the starter next season. I think it'd be crazy. I, I don't want to say crazy. But I think it'd be weird to move on after last season. Yeah, I gotta say, I, I kind of like the logic behind uh, drafting Bryce Young but keeping Justin Fields. Then you just you let Fields be the starter, and this is totally something that does not work in real life, but works in like a video game. It works on paper, yeah. but I, I totally acknowledge that. But like, uh, you know, you let Justin Fields play next season. If he takes that next step and is like this star quarterback, then cool, great. We trade Bryce Young the following year. We get close to the same value back, not exactly the same, but we get you know decent value back. If Fields doesn't take the next step and isn't great, well, now we have a plan B. You know, uh, quarterback is so important. You don't want to waste this opportunity. Yeah, this is something like an analytical dream sort of thing. Like, yeah, go mm-hmm. ahead and do that, but at the same time, then it doesn't get into the mentality of the player and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, right. Yeah, it's just an interesting experiment. I I think that Fields has shown enough though through two years. I I feel more comfortable with him than with a great prospect because prospects, who knows? Like you know, college guys, it, it's all you know. Best best odds I'll give someone is one in three. Yeah, that's fair. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's your list. That's your last one. Yep, that's my last list. Unless, it, did you have anything to add? Um, you don't think Aaron Rodgers moves either? I guess. Oh yeah, I got. I guess I could have put him there. No, I, I don't get this. 
Aaron Rodgers is going to stay a Packer. This is we 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 always fall for this every year, Kyle. Uh, we said at the offseason, oh now Aaron Rodgers is going to pretend he's going to go somewhere and then he's going to stay once again, and then we're all like you know top ten destinations for Aaron Rodgers that you know we keep falling for. Yeah, uh, just bring up the question, you know. Sure, there's a one of these days it's going to happen, yeah. but I'm just not I'm not going to speculate until it happens. And then there's also like the are we con- are we one hundred percent convinced? Now, I do think this falls flat as our quarterback offseason. You know, we we dream up this thing, these things. Mm-hmm. I do think Aaron Rodgers stays. I think Lamar Jackson stays. But then there's, you know, another group of guys that it's like, are you 100% sold on Matthew Stafford and clean bill of health in Los Angeles? Are mm-hmm. you 100% sold on Kyler Murray in Arizona? Are you sure. 100% sold on Dak Prescott in Dallas? You know, do those conversations have the, this offseason? Or do you think that waits another year? Um, it's interesting. It's well, it's like the Russell Wilson thing, right? Where we were all like, Russell Wilson's not going to get traded and then he gets traded, you know, like sometimes it does happen. So usually they don't, but they don't never happen, which is where things get interesting. Kyle on Twitter. Uh, my, my theory is I think that the lions should trade back for Matt Stafford. <laughs> right. Who says no? Jared Goff, yeah. I mean, yeah. No, include Jared Goff in the deal. There's, you know, similar deal the last time. Yeah. Uh, I think Detroit says no. I think they say they're good. Uh well, uh, yeah, m- maybe. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> just an interesting thing. But but you're right. I mean, does a team like you know the, the the Rams didn't need to get rid of Jared Goff when they did, but they looked for an upgrade. Like yeah. that's something that I, I could see. I, do the do the Vikings make a move like that? Do the Vikings? Uh, there we go. That's how Aaron Rod. That's where Aaron Rodgers goes. The Vikings trade Kirk Cousins and get Aaron Rodgers. That's happening. I like it. That's my quarterback carousel. Vikings, uh, <laughs> you know, they uh, Packers have Kirk Cousins now. Vikings have Aaron Rodgers. Let that happen, Kyle, please. That'd be horrible. That'd be that's sick. That's sick of you. Oh, that'd um, be so good. My dream scenario is a Dak Prescott and pick for Kyler Murray. Okay, I, I I could see that as well. And another thing too is like, is there some logic behind the for the Cardinals? We keep talking about the you know. That should you know the Bears Justin Fields Bryce Young thing. What if like the Bears stay at one and draft uh, Jalen Carter now? Like let's say C.J. Stroud is available at three for the Cardinals. Like is there an option for them to do what they did when they got Kyler Murray in the first place of having a quarterback and still like you know that's that's on the table. Kyler you know has that injury. He's not going to start next year. Uh, it's just an interesting. There's these interesting thought experiments that most of them won't happen. Yeah, exactly. I mean, how, you know, they could love Anthony Richardson. He's a really mm-hmm. talented player. They're, they could love Will Levis. He's, you know, physically gifted. They could love something like that and just say, we want to give that a shot. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of options. Now, it probably just ends up with nothing, but there are some questions about it this offseason. Yeah, for sure. It, it's 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 just interesting because it is so such an important position. Um, one last thing we have to talk about, the coaching hires. A uh, couple of Eagles coordinators are now head coaches, uh, the first of which uh, we have to talk about, Jonathan Gannon. Uh, pew, 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 uh, as Jonathan, the, you know, an all-time uh, a video. Why, why was that posted? That was like the Cardinals guy, right, who posted it? Why would they post that? Yeah, I don't know. That was a little weird. <laughs> yeah, if you don't know what we're talking about, uh, there was a video of, I believe he was meeting Kyler Murray, uh, and he kind of made like sound effects. Uh, and it was, it was someone, I saw someone tweeted a response, which I g- agree with, which was, uh, it's like strong, uh, science teacher energy. Yeah. Yeah, it really was. Um, I gotta say, I don't love this hire. Okay. Why not? 
well, I'm usually more pro defensive coordinator than you are, but mm-hmm. I just think this is kind of weird. I don't know. I Jonathan Gannon did not strike me as a guy who should be next in line to be coach. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he didn't strike me as an elite defensive coordinator in the league. Um, I thought Lou Anarumo would be in the next kind of defensive coordinator up for a potential head coaching job over a guy like Jonathan Gannon. I just personally don't see it. I think, you know, you look at, I don't even remember when he took over the job, but, you know, they were 25th in defense in 2021. Last year they were obviously six, but they also spent a ton of money in the offseason to make that defense pretty good. They got James Bradbury. They got C.J. Gardner-Johnson. They got Hassan Reddick. Like, I mean, was his job that hard last season? Was it? Like, that seemed like a pretty easy gig when you have that many talented players in your defense. Obviously, it's going to go up a ton of spaces. Uh, I don't know. Like, I didn't think he was that good of a defensive coordinator. This, I, I think I said it after the Super Bowl. This has Matt Patricia energy to me. Yeah. I mean, well, obviously, there's the comparison of the, you know, um, having a bad performance at the Super Bowl and then getting a, a head coaching job. You know, Patricia, uh, obviously, a, you know, a well known example, Kyle Shanahan uh, blows a 28 to 3 lead and as being after being named head coach of the 49ers. It's happened a few times. Uh, you know, those two very different uh, end results with Shanahan and Patricia uh, and those two teams that hired them. Uh, you know, it's weird because I, I think that there is some. There's some pros and some cons to this. The the cons, I agree with you. It's like, you know, he was the defensive coordinator on a very talented defense. Most guys are going to be successful in that situation, but does he deserve credit for getting a good year out of James Bradbury, who was coming off of a bad year? You know, uh, maybe. I don't know. The the one thing I like about it is, you know, me as an analytics guy, seeing someone who was, you know, with the Eagles, Nick Sirianni, very aggressive on fourth downs, so that kind of stuff. Will Gannon do that? Defensive coordinators typically don't, which is why I don't. I typically am much more a fan of getting offensive-minded guys. But could this be a scenario where he kind of is a Nick Sirianni type, uh, which is you know that would be pretty good. Yeah, I mean it's it's possible for sure. But I also you know I just look at it like that defense did grade out exceptionally well last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know you can't take that away from them. You know, but at the same time, like if you look at the teams they also face, you know, the quarterback conversation did come up a lot last season, who they played and who they didn't play, that kind of stuff. I think a lot of it was blown a little bit out of proportion, but at the same time, like when they played Dak Prescott in that Dallas offense, when they played Aaron Rodgers, when they played Patrick Mahomes, and also when they played that Detroit Lions offense, which is very good, um, they kind of got smoked Mm -hmm. despite all those talented players on defense. Like, I don't know how much credit he deserves for a lot of it. And, this was a defense that was also like, uh, you know, people kind of just said, you know, it's kind of plain. It's not really anything that really writes home anything. There's not a lot of adjustments to it. It's just sitting a bunch of guys back in coverages. And it worked out because he had a bunch of really talented players in coverage. I just don't see it necessarily on that defensive side of the ball. That being said, head coach is a completely different ball game, right? It's a completely right. different thing. He's he's not going to be down-to-down basis, dealing with the defense as much. It's a whole team spectrum. How does he handle time management? How does he handle those key fourth-down decisions like you mentioned? All plays into it. So maybe he's a average defensive coordinator but a great head coach because he's really good at that stuff. But mm-hmm. just from his performance as a defensive coordinator, I don't see it personally. Yeah, well, this is why projecting uh, head coaches is so tough because given what we know, this doesn't make a ton of sense as a hire, but there's so much we don't know. Yeah, we're not in the interview process. And, right. 
he could have had amazing interviews. You know, there's mm-hmm. a lot that goes into it that we can't that we're just projecting and trying to guess. But I do think there are some questions from this one. Yeah, uh, he was also with the you know the, the Colts back then under the the Frank Reich uh, you know regime, and uh, you know uh, I believe the, the the defense was good there as well. So there's there's some, there's some things to like about him. He wasn't the defensive coordinator then, but he was you know on the defensive coaching staff. Yeah, so it it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But you know I'm skeptical of this one. I do like the other one though, even though you know it is kind of weird that the Colts kind of you know. Love to hire Philadelphia Eagles offensive coordinators, that's for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, but I do think there's some logic here too. I, I'm forgetting his name right now. Who did the Who did the Colts hire? Shane Stetchin, I believe. It's, I'm not sure if that's how I'm, I believe I'm pronouncing his name right. Uh, we'll call him Shane. Shane Stetchin, Shane. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's some logic here for this one for me though. You know, I think you know this is a team that's gonna be, I think, pretty aggressive in for you know. All the reports are indicating the Colts are one of those teams looking to move up in the draft to get a quarterback. And if you saw what he did with Jalen Hurts, it probably makes some sense for C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young to be in the system, right? In a system that's quarterback friendly. Now they got to revamp this offense a lot to get to that point, but I think there's some logic to the hire there. Yeah, and not just that, but he was the offensive coordinator. Uh, his first year as a full-time offensive coordinator uh, was one uh, was during. Uh, Justin Herbert's first year, where obviously he was amazing that year. So there's a, there's some uh, history of him, uh, you know, d- developing quarterbacks. We expect the Colts are going to not go back to the veteran. Well, they're going to try to draft someone. So uh, that's that seems to be what they're doing. Uh, yeah, I agree. I, I like this hire. I think that the the Eagles they're they were well coached last year. I thought, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, I like someone under an analytics uh, head coach. Hopefully, he brings that to the table. I like offensive uh, coordinators. Who knows how this is going to go? But uh, to me, this is uh, checks all the boxes, including the one that says he's not Jeff Saturday. Yeah, that's true. Not having mm-hmm. Jeff Saturday should help a lot. There's one thing, though, I think that the Colts are going to have to address this offseason. And, I mean, it's time for the Colts, right? Like, you're hiring this offensive center guy. You're going to trade up in the draft for a rookie quarterback. So you're getting a quarterback on a rookie scale. You have to be prepared to invest in skill position, right? This is the modern league. This is how games are won now. And if you're not ready to draft in skill position or spend in skill position, then your rookie quarterback does not matter. Your you know young offensive-minded head coach does not matter. You have to have talent on the outside. And this is a team that has constantly tried to, you know, get discount sales on all of their skill position guys that has to change this offseason especially because like if they just added one like uh, let, let's say they trade for deandre hopkins let's just pretend that that happens like this receiving core would then be like great like it'd be like if, yeah. if you get a true number one having michael pittman and alec pierce as your two and three like we now have like this is a legitimate amazing scenario to be, the offensive line has some things they need to patch up but it's a great scenario for a young quarterback to be thrown into uh but they won't yeah I mean, what if they just trade for T. Higgins? Get T. Higgins sure. in there. Yeah, I mean, that makes a lot of sense, too. Like, T. Higgins, Michael Pittman, um, Alec Pierce, Jonathan Taylor. I think this offensive line is going to bounce back a little bit, too, next season. Like, that's all of a sudden a very nice spot, like you said, for a young quarterback to be in. And it's all pretty young players. Like, I don't know. That that seems like a logical move. Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree. It just it's I just don't trust it to happen. Maybe a yeah. trade. They could do a trade. They just they don't love free agency. That that's just not their thing. Yeah. Well, maybe that works out because there are no good, you know, 
Jacoby Myers is the best wide receiver in free agency. Sure. So, right. You know, to go and get somebody. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I, I could see it. it. It should be interesting. Anything else? I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, I think we covered everything. First of the offseason. Um, we're going to have a lot of offseason content. Wednesday is 5 p.m. Eastern, right? Yeah, Wednesday, 5 Eastern. We'll have to come up with a show topic for, for next week. But what? Uh, you know, free agency is just around the corner. Free agency is coming up. Draft is shortly behind that. We're going to have plenty to talk about. Uh, we plan to, we you know uh, it's the off season, but we still the the content game does not sleep, Kyle. It does not sleep. We're going to talk about you know we're going to have plenty of time to talk about Jamel Dean and Levante David on the Detroit Lions next. Okay. Season. <laughs> At least you know Lions is okay. Let's get if, if God forbid if they go to like the Saints or something, uh, I will not be happy. I'd be amazed if the Saints somehow pull that off. I don't know oh, where they, they're you know going to the couch fight. cushions for money, you know. <laughs> The hey, Falcons they, make more sense, at least. They, I mean, the, the couch cushions, they, they, uh, couch cushions just don't even stand, stay on the couch anymore. Of how often they look under the couch cushions for money, Kyle. Yeah, I know. There's no way that they're gonna have that money. Uh, they'll, they'll find yeah. a way. They're, they're looking to get Derek Carr. Yeah, uh, I don't think he's gonna be that expensive this offseason, though. Really? I think he's gonna get. He's gonna get a. He's gonna get some money. I mean, I think he's gonna get at least over thirty million. Over thirty million? Yeah. If Daniel Jones is going to get is talking forty five million, Derek Carr is getting over thirty. Yeah, but it's his worst year. You know that's that's Daniel jo- Daniel Jones is younger, and he just came off his career best season. You know, I think and and, I, and, and who is better? I, I still think Derek Carr might have been better than Derek, Daniel Jones was last year, even with that, that being the case. That's true. That's fair. Uh, I don't know. Like I could see, I could, I don't know. I could see like a t- one year twenty million dollar deal. I mean, if if that's all you're getting. Assign a ten million dollar, one year, ten million dollar deal to the Forty ers and try to win a Super Bowl, and then then yeah. then you'll get a huge contract. Yeah, that's true. So, mm-hmm. well, yeah. But anyways, uh, yeah, Kyle, let them know can find us on Twitter before we head out. Yeah, make sure to follow us on Twitter. That is at Jackson Kruger. Make sure to follow me at by Kyle Gronin, and make sure to follow the account page that is at on the sideline JK. That is at on the sideline JK. Yes, of course, if you like audio-only podcasts, anywhere you get the audio-only feed uh, should be available. It's uh, on the sideline podcast. Search that anywhere you get your podcast. Uh, you can find us there. Uh, Kyle, any final thoughts before we head out? Uh, nothing else to add. You know, this is a nice start to the offseason. Looking forward to plenty of content for the uh, months to come. Yeah, uh, yeah, should be fun. Do you miss football yet? Haven't got there yet. Give me another week. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of where I'm at too. I think you know, uh, I think I'll get my football fix going to a, a game, uh, which I think the move is to just get very drunk and uh, pretend like I I deeply care about this game, right? Yeah. Do they play? Are they at the Citrus Bowl or are they at? Um, I believe it's Camping World. That that's what I mean. Yeah, Camping World. I forget they uh, yeah. change the name all the time. Oh, okay, it is gotcha. still the Citrus Bowl because uh-huh. I was going to say it's either that or um, what does UCF call their stadium now? Bright House Spectrum. I, I don't know. Whatever. The bounce house, yeah. yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I would say get as drunk as possible. There's some great tailgating spots at Camping World. Oh yeah, good point. Yeah, uh, well, well, I'll, I'll have fun. But then I think I think the week after, that's what I'm gonna be like. That's what I'm really gonna be missing it. Yeah, uh, I think so too. I think that's so too. We got plenty of us. Uh, XFL is my cheap cocaine alternative. Yeah, it does have a bit of like the I don't know the alcoholic who's like drinking like the the peanut butter flavored whiskey or that they got as like a gift. Uh, cause they don't have any other alcohol in the house. Yeah. Oh, there's some leftover PBRs in my fridge. I don't know how old those are. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, which, you know, well, we've all been there too. 
uh, more times than we care to admit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, everyone, uh, make sure you drink your uh, your old PBRs responsibly. Thank you again. What was my outro? I, I came up with one. Uh, I don't know. We said see you later or peace out, Girl Scout. Last time. Oh right? yeah, no, not doing that one. Uh, not doing not doing that outro. I don't know. Uh, what about uh, like I don't know. Ha- have a good have a good evening. Sure, go. <laughs> okay. Little unoriginal, but it's okay. <laughs> All right, of course. As always, have a good evening. Peace. We gotta work on that. <laughs>